about you, I enjoy the music this morning. Kind of lift, very refreshing, lift me up. It's, it's medicine, folks. It's good medicine. goes along with kind of what I'm going to preach about today. Uh, go ahead and go to look at Isaiah 61. Let's read verses 1 and 2. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that more. Now turn over to Luke chapter 4, and notice what it says there. In verse 18, we see the fulfillment, uh, I guess you could, or you can say even a partial fulfillment of this. In uh, Luke 4.18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This right here in Luke is Jesus Christ himself reading the book of Isaiah, a prophecy about him. He gets done reading that passage of Scripture. He goes and he sits down and he's like, today this thing's been fulfilled right before your eyes. Imagine being there for that moment to hear the Word of God reading the Word of God that's about himself. I mean, that would have been a pretty cool moment right there. And so what I want to preach about today, though, is I want to do kind of an introduction. where I want to do a few sermons for the next few weeks along these lines. But we're just going to do an introduction today to spiritual healing. Okay, to spiritual healing. Now, I hate even saying things like that today because there's a lot of weird stuff when it comes to like spiritual things. A lot of times when you hear about the spiritual, you just think of weird people today because there's a lot of you know weirdos that have hijacked these terms and they take it to extremes. And when you talk about spiritual healing, I'm not talking about us getting together and having a yoga class and you know you know inhaling incense and you know doing all kinds of weird stuff like that. But understand. Spiritual healing is a very real thing, and it is a very needed thing, I think, a lot more than people realize. And so uh, what I want to do in this message today is just kind of talk about it and, and show the concept of spiritual healing in the Bible. But then over the next few weeks, I want to talk specifically about how to get healing, you know, when it comes to spiritual things. Because you know what? We all need it. We've all got areas in our life where we have uh, been hurt and where we need supernatural healing done in our lives. And uh, there's many people today, they are walking around with open wounds and open infections, spiritually speaking, that are very obvious, that's doing great damage. And you know what? You need some healing in your life. And we're going to talk about, we'll be talking about that over the next few weeks. But I want us to go back to Isaiah. I want to point out a few things about this passage right here. So notice how he says, he's anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind the brokenhearted. Okay, now is that speaking physically or spiritually there? Because if your heart's broken physically, you're in trouble, aren't you? Okay, obviously, you know we're talking spiritual, uh, spiritually, figuratively here to proclaim liberty to the captives. Now, is that physical or spiritual? Because I don't really see Jesus bringing people from prisons when he was on earth. In fact, I see John the Baptist. I mean, one of the best Christian that there was in the world, we see him in prison and get his, we see him get his head cut off. So I believe Jesus is speaking spiritually here when he talks about proclaiming liberty 
to the captives, the recovering of sight to them that are blind. Now, we did see Jesus heal some people who were physically blind, didn't he? We see that in the Bible. Uh, but at the same time, we need, to, we need to remember when Jesus would do these miracles in the Bible, the whole point of the miracle was not to just give someone a physical blessing, even though many people got it. It was to prove that he could do the spiritual. Jesus wanted to heal a blind person to try to help people who are spiritually blind to understand that if they would trust in him, he could heal them of their spiritual blindness. But unfortunately, many of those people who were spiritually blind, they didn't realize they were spiritually blind. They weren't like the physically blind man who realized he was physically blind and he needed some help. Here they were, blind as a bat spiritually, but they didn't even understand, they didn't even realize that. And so Jesus, he would do these things to show these people who needed his help, who didn't realize that they needed his help, that he could help. That's why, that's why he would do these things. That's why he would feed people bread and fish in a miraculous way to show them that he was the bread of life. That's why he would raise people from the dead like Lazarus to show everyone else that I can raise you up spiritually in the last day. All these physical blessings that Jesus did ultimately was to try to teach people a spiritual message because I'm here today to tell you that the spiritual is far more important than the physical. And I'm going to show you too that even when it comes to physical problems, spiritual problems, are they cause more problems for us physically than physical problems do. And folks, the proof is everywhere out there of this concept. And I want to show this to you, though, to show that the Bible taught this way before the world ever figured anything out. So one of the most notable things of Jesus' earthly ministry, it was the miracles. It was the miracles of the healing that people did. You know, and it, it would have been an amazing thing to watch Jesus do some of the things that were scientifically impossible. It would have been neat to watch him just cure a man with a withered hand, a hand that's all shriveled up to see it all of a sudden just fixed. That would be a neat thing to see. It would be neat to watch Jesus just multiply loaves and fish. You know, it would be neat to watch him walk on the water. It would be neat to watch him raise somebody from the dead. It, all these things that he did that were scientifically impossible... It would have been great to watch those things. Yet at the same time, we see the things spiritually all the time, but yet it's like we forget about those. And yet, and we've got people today, you've got your Benny Hens and people like that out there that try to mimic, that try to copy off the physical things that Jesus did. And yet these things, people don't have the spiritual at all. And it, what is it that people want to see? You know, I would get a bigger crowd here today if we had, you know, advertised physical healing rather than spiritual healing, especially if I could deliver, you know, if I could bring in a few uh, sick folk and some cripples and get them walking again, you know, get somebody in a wheelchair, you know, and then have them up here on the stage dancing after I, you know, did a cool prayer and blew in their face and stuff. We get a big crowd if I could do some stuff like that. But at the, at the end of the day, if I don't give them the spiritual, what did we really accomplish? I mean, yeah, they'll get to walk around now on this earth, but what good is it if they end up going to hell later on? Because the spiritual is way more important. In fact, the Bible says you're better off entering into the kingdom missing an eye, you know, or missing a hand. You'd be better off missing those things, you know, in, in this life than to have those things in this life and then not get saved. So we, we understand all these things, but yet today you've got churches and you've got Christians that are all focused on the physical. We got to get the physical healing, you know, we're going to, and then they, always are trying to do all these physical miracles 
to just really put on a show. And people who don't have faith, they love that stuff. You know, that there's that wicked and adulterous generation. They want the sign, don't they? And everybody wants to see a miracle. I mean, proof of that is go to, uh, you know, a magic show somewhere. Everybody loves that stuff. You know, we'll get a bigger crowd here with David Copperfield than we will with, you know, a Bible preacher, won't we? Because everybody loves a good performance. Everybody loves a good show. But at the end of the day, you know, what good does it do? And, you know, and then everybody even knows that David Copperfield stuff's fake. It literally does nothing. So we got to understand, you know, the miracles Jesus did, they were literal, literal miracles, but he did them to prove he could do the spiritual. That was the message. And people today, they're, they're missing that. They're forgetting that. And so when it comes to healing today, most people focus on the physical, but that's not the only kind of healing that there is. And I do believe that there should be healing going on regularly in the house of God. I believe that Liberty Baptist Church is a place where people ought to be able to come and find healing. Real healing. Spiritual healing that I'm going to show you is so much better than the physical. In, in many ways, and in fact, the spiritual healing often heals the physical too. It really does. So look what it says in First Corinthians twelve twenty seven. It says, "Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God has sent some in the church: first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues." Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. So we see that God has different people with different abilities, different gifts in the church, and one of these things we see miracles and healings, and I'm here today to tell you that I believe we should have people in our church that have these gifts, these abilities to do miracles and healings. But I'm not talking about coming up and doing a cool show with the physical. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about getting somebody up here who's missing a limb and then, you know, doing a prayer and make, watching them grow a new one, all right? We would all love to see that. But that's not what I believe God wants. But I do believe that when it comes to spiritual healing, it's a very real thing. I believe it's a miracle when it takes place. And I do believe that there are some people that are better at helping heal others in these areas uh, when it comes to the spiritual. And this is something that we ought to desire. We ought to desire to have this ability. We ought to work. This is something we ought to pray for and, and ask God to help us with because people need healing. There, there are people in this church that need some healing and they need it badly and we need to help. There's people out there in this world. There's people out there in this community that need healing right now. That they are hurting. They are desperately hurting. They are in pain. They are in anguish. And they need healing is what they need. And I believe that if we if we work on these things, we study these things, God can help us to do these things. But often we get so sidetracked with the physical and we forget that it's not about the physical, it's about the spiritual, and we just don't do anything. We, we get scared when we start hearing words like healing and miracles. We get freaked out by that. We've let the Benny Hens and the Charismatics scare us away from this stuff, and we shouldn't be scared away from it. We ought to be actively involved in this kind of thing. And so every one of these things that we see mentioned in Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, these are things that are, are spiritual. 
I believe. You know, the opening of the prison to them that are bound. There are people that are in prison right now. Have you ever known somebody that just can't, seems like they just can't fix the problems in their life? You know why? Because they're in prison. They're in a spiritual prison. Now, they're not in jail. They're not locked up behind bars. But at the same time, we know that while they are in a, a prison in this life, that they can be freed from it. And you know how come we know that? Because we see guys like Peter, who was in a prison, a physical prison. We see how God delivered him from that physical prison, didn't he? And we, because God is able to do that, we know he has the ability to free people from the prisons that are in their own life. People that are just kind of stuck in misery. They're stuck in a place and they just can't seem to get out of it. They can't seem to get victory. We've got husbands and wives today that are literally in the prison of a bad marriage. And they need to be released from that. And it's not going to get, they're not going to get released in a divorce court. They need God to do a miracle. They need God to intervene and for God to release them from that bad marriage they're in. There are, there are people right, sitting in this room today, they've got sins in their lives, just strongholds in their lives that are holding them back spiritually, that are keeping them from moving forward for Christ and getting victory in their life. They're in a prison and they just can't seem to shake it. They can't seem to get victory over it. And you know what they need is they need a supernatural act of God to come and release them from that prison that is in the... In their life. That stronghold. The devil's got them. They are bound. They are locked up. And they can't get out of it. And you know what they need? They need somebody like the apostles who often went and did those miracles. Sometimes they need another Christian to come along and to pray them out of that mess. And to help them get that spiritual deliverance. Folks, these people that are out there today, these people that we get saved out soul winning, they're not going to have the spiritual maturity that they need to get a lot of these things. You know what they need? They need us to come help get them out of there. They need us actively involved. And let me tell you, a lot of the miracles that we see in the Bible, it wasn't with people coming to their little tent meetings and things and getting deliverance. They were often going to them. That's what, and we need to get out there and not just give people the gospel, but we need to preach deliverance to these captives. We need to get some. We need to be breaking some people out of prison. Is what we need to do because there are there's a lot of people out there today living in a prison, and we can get. I believe we can help get them out of that if we just understand that. And so I believe this kind of healing is something we need to be interested in. But this a wicked, adulterous generation, and they're always looking for their signs. They're always looking for their signs. They want the show. But what the world mainly needs is not physical healing, but spiritual healing. And so before we look at the scriptures on this, let me ask you just a couple questions to kind of help put some things in perspective. Okay. Now, the answer to this question is going to be pretty easy. Okay. But I want you to actually think about this. So what is more important, physical healing or spiritual healing? And now all of us as Christians here today, well, we all know what we're supposed to say. Well, of course, spiritual healing is more important, right? Obviously, we would all know the answer to that question. But let me ask you this question. What is more important physically and scientifically speaking? Physical healing or spiritual healing? Okay. I mean, well, obviously it would be, you know, if a guy is missing a leg... Obviously, he needs physical healing more than he needs spiritual healing, right? Well, well, actually, are we sure about that? Because I believe in both cases it's a spiritual. Because let me ask you this. Why is it that so many people with physical disabilities are happier than people 
who don't have physical disabilities. Why is it that I watched, I watched a video of a guy this week with no legs running an obstacle course, and he didn't have fake legs. He was doing with his arms. He's like climbing on things. How was he able to do that? You know, a lot of us couldn't do that same optical course with both of our legs. You know why? Because we have no will to do it. You know, our will says, you know, bring on the cheeseburger. Bring on the little Debbie snacks. You know, our will, you know, we can't even conquer that stuff. And so because of that, we're not capable of running a 5K. We're not capable of running an obstacle course. We just don't have the ability. But here you got a guy with no legs, and yet he's running an obstacle course. Hey, you know what that's called? That's just that, that human spirit. That man had a desire, and he was able to get past the fact that he doesn't have legs. He's like, I'm going to do it anyway. I watched a video a couple weeks ago of a lady with only one arm playing a violin. Now, how, how do you do that? She had some fake metal thing that she was able to do these moves and get it in the right place. And somehow, that woman with one arm and a fake metal thing arm sticking out was able to play a violin way better than I can. Why is that? You know, that's that human spirit. She was determined to do it where there's other people, the littlest things in their life, just to stop them from doing anything. I mean, they had somebody just call them a bad name and they're done. They went to their, they went to their job. There's people out there. I, I work with a guy. In fact, he's still out there at the distribution center. The guy's got one arm. And this, I, I remember when I, I used to work with him in Spring Valley. He'd drive a forklift. This guy, would, he, he loaded trucks. He did everything with one arm. Now, how is that? Where you've got other people, he got yelled at by the boss, and he's done. He's on welfare now. So, folks, what's the difference? Why is it that people with major, major physical disabilities are doing things that completely healthy people are able to do? You know what the difference is? It's the human spirit. And you've got people out there that they were wounded, they were destroyed, they were locked up in a prison by one little thing spiritually that happened to them. It's taken over their life. It has stopped them from making any progress in their life. But then you've got other people out there that had something majorly happen to them physically, but their spirit still went on. They didn't let it stop them. They were determined. They went forward. They did great things. So let me ask you, what is more important, the spiritual or the physical? Because completely healthy people physically are failing at life every day, can't succeed, can't move forward, while people with major, major difficulties are going through life just fine, just completely happy. Okay, because it is, it's about the human spirit. Many people today who are missing limbs are better at doing things than people with all their body parts completely intact. It's the human spirit. You know, what does more physical damage to somebody, physical abuse or mental or spiritual abuse. Because think about, you know, it's like, well, you know, you hear the whole sticks and stones things, right? You know, maybe may break my bones, words will never hurt me. But at the same time, too, you know, somebody throws a stone at you, you get a bruise or something, that heals in a few days, doesn't it? But often, we just can't get past something that somebody said to us. Something that maybe somebody said to you when you were younger. Maybe a parent said it to your loved one, and you just can't get past it. You can't get over it. Those words that they said to you, telling you you're going to be a failure, telling you you're never going to amount to anything, you've never been able to get past it. 
You've let it stop you from everything. You've let it put you in a bad frame of mind. And you've just never been able to get over it where, you know, all of us have had all kinds of accidents. Some of us have broken bones. We've had to get stitches, all kinds of terrible things physically. But yet, we all healed from those things. And we've all just moved on and we've, got, we've gotten past it. So I'm, I'm just here to tell you that the spiritual things are so much more important than the physical. And the spiritual plays a huge part into the physical. It plays a huge part. So these things are more important. Yet today, we've got people out there, supposedly preachers, supposedly men of God, they're more interested in putting on a spectacle and a show, doing some kind of physical healing, while ignoring the spiritual. That doesn't make any sense. The spiritual is better in every way. And we need to be focusing on these things, working on these things. And so we are, all of us are surrounded today by proof that healing of the, of the human spirit is more important than healing of the human body. There's a guy here in town I talked to about solding one day. He goes around in a wheelchair. His hands are all shriveled up. He has to do almost everything with his feet. The first time I talked to him, I went, somebody, anybody ever met him before, a fellow in town? I went, the first time I talked to him, I went and I handed him a track, and you know, his hand was real shriveled up, and I kind of just put it in his hand, and then he just kind of threw it on the ground, and I was it kind of like shocked me to did, but then I watched it, and he grabbed it with his foot, and like lifted up with his foot and was reading it. The guy does pottery. The, the guy does pottery with his feet. Okay? I mean, his body, it's, it's the way he was born. It's all shriveled up. It's all distorted in a lot of ways. But yet that man has figured out how to do things that I can't do. I can't do pottery. But yet he can't. Why? He was determined to do it. He, he was, and he was successful. We all know people like that. And every one of you in here today, you know somebody, they don't have anything wrong with them physically, but they are worthless to society. Good for nothing. What's going on? It's a spiritual thing. And so over these next weeks, I want to deal with some specific spiritual healings. But right now, I just want to mainly show what the Scripture teaches about this concept. So turn over to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Understand right here, I, I believe this is literal right here. Trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Not leaning on your own understanding. All these things. These things are physically healthy. It'll be health to thy navel and merit that most. You know, where do we, when we get worried, where do we often kind of start feeling the pain? You kind of get that feeling in the gut, don't you? Do you know that's not healthy? You know, when you sit around and you obsess about things and you stress about things, it can give you ulcers. It can give you all kinds of physical problems. A lot of these physical problems that come 100% from what's going on in here cause problems all over our body. They can have all kinds of just, you know, side effects to different things. And think about how many people today are a wreck physically because they're sitting around, sitting around worrying about everything. And, you know, and they, and unfortunately they go to the doctors whose only solution is ever, let me give you a, let's, let's give you a pill with a gazillion side effects. And the truth is, what some of these people just need to do is they need to quit watching the news. 
You know, I wonder how many physical problems we're having today that dwarf any coronavirus problems that people have because they're watching the news about the coronavirus and getting all freaked out, getting all stressed out. You know how much corona crazy has gone on in this country? Just people losing their mind. Why? Because they're just stressed out, the anxiety, all these things are going on because they're watching the news all day long. Watching the news, telling them that you're going to die. Watching the news, telling you don't go out without a mask and goggles and hazmat suits, and you know you're going to, you know, and you're going to get stung by murder hornets, and you know don't open seeds from China, and you know I mean, this, man, all these things. One of the reasons we haven't announced what we, you know, anything officially when it comes to our anniversary Sunday yet is because I'm waiting for the August surprise. I'm waiting to find out what we're supposed to be scared of in August. Not because I'm worried about being scared of it, but because I'm worried about what kind of restrictions we're going to have on us. I'm worried about how our community is going to be behaving during that time. Uh, or I guess I should say I'm worried about what the news media is going to be telling our community to act like. Because they'll act that way. If they tell our community to act like a bunch of scaredy, you know, scaredy cats and act, or act like a bunch of maniacs, that's exactly what they'll do. Isn't that what's going on today? Somebody comes along, everybody's fine, everybody's happy. The news media comes along and tells all the black people, hey, you need to be mad at all the cops. They're racist and want to kill you. And then what do they do? They go start burning buildings down. You know, they start telling the rest of us, hey, anybody you see out there without a mask on, they're trying to give you disease and kill you. You know, go treat them like a Karen. You know, they, they start, and, and that's exactly what people do. We do whatever the news media tells us to do, and right now they're telling you, sit in your home, be scared to death, don't do anything, and you know what? People are doing that. And then you know, it, it affects their health. It, I mean, it literally affects their health, and we've got to understand, trusting in the Lord, it'll be healthier, and it'll be marrow to your bones. You all know how it is when we get down, when we get depressed, when we get discouraged, when we fear, it affects us physically, doesn't it? It makes you weak. It, bring, it brings you down physically. And so we've got to understand that if we want to be healthy physically, it will help if we have our spiritual life in order. It'll help if we will increase our faith. And I'm 100% for physical exercise. But you know how many times I've not gone, you know, I've not gone exercise because I just didn't feel like it. Because you get, when you get depressed and things like that, you don't want to do that stuff. And the physical exercise is good, but often our spiritual condition determines what we do physically. And often we do we, we keep letting those things get the better of us, and it does it affects us physically in just many, many ways, and we've got to learn to get past that. And just like we try to strengthen ourselves physically through exercise, we ought to try to strengthen ourselves spiritually by practicing faith, by learning to trust the Lord. And just give it all to him and letting him handle things. That will give us strength and it will help us physically. Also, uh, turn over to Psalms 119 and verse 28. We don't, you know, we hear the word depression a lot. You know, I'm depressed or I'm in depression. Uh, you know, depression is a very real thing. It's a very big thing. We don't see that word in the Bible. But in Psalm 119, 28, it says, My, whole melt, my soul melteth for heaviness. I think that word heaviness is a word that we would use for depression. You know, it's like we've got a weight on us. We've got a weight pushing us down, holding us down. And we see here, it talks about heaviness. Our, our, the, my soul melteth for heaviness. Why? Because he's got a weight on him. And he says, strengthen thou me according to unto thy word. The word of God 
it can help give us strength so we can bear these burdens. It can give us that strength to get through these tough times. But folks, if you don't know the Word of God, if you don't know what the Bible says about anything, how are you going to be able to get through that type of thing? You know, and thankfully, when it comes to a lot of the uncertainty that's in the world today, often, many of us, we turn to the Scriptures. We take comfort in the fact that, you know, Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That one verse right there, you have that in your head, you have it in your heart, that can help you when you're feeling alone. And you're going to feel alone sometimes. One of the, the verses that have been helping me through a lot of this are just verses about the return of Christ, verses about God, you know, executing vengeance on his enemies, about God, you know, ruling this world with a rod of iron, judging the wicked. I'm telling you, that helps me out a lot when I see our wicked politicians implementing garbage on us, put, you know, you know, just trying to pass wicked laws, trying to, you know, push unconstitutional mandates, unbiblical mandates. It's, you know what? It's helped me a lot when I'm just kind of looking at our governor getting up there and just trying to give another speech about how, what he can do to just make us more miserable. You know, it makes me feel good to know that my God is going to take care of him one of these days. And I do. I get ideas about how I could take care of things. But then, and, and folks, that's not healthy. Okay? It especially would not be healthy if I actually tried doing something about it. That's probably going to end my life. So, the, so at the same time, though, I could, you know, if I use common sense, I could say, well, yeah, I really like to take care of him, but that would probably finish me, so I won't. So you know what? That means I sit around and I just get bitter. I get angry. I just stew about it. That's not good for me physically. Here I am, you know, throwing darts at pictures of the governor, you know, putting him up on a target, you know, that I shoot at and things like that. I'm doing all these things. And I've not done these things. But, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. And guess what? I'm, am I hurting Pritzker at all? No, I'm not hurting him one bit. But what am I doing to myself? Okay, I'm messing myself up big time. But if I go see him messing around like he is, if I see him passing the abortion bills that he is, and I'm like, you know what? Not only am I not capable of doing anything about this, but biblically, I shouldn't physically do anything about this. So you know what? I'm just going to give this to the Lord. And you know, and, and if I when I do that, now I don't have to sit around and stew about it. I don't have to sit around and get bitter. I don't have to depress myself. I don't have to go through, I don't have to have all this weight on me anymore because I gave it to the Lord who's able to carry that weight and who's actually going to take care of things way better than I'll be able to take care of these things. And then now I'm able to go along my way and be healthy and happy. And maybe, just maybe, you know, those cheeseburgers will catch up to Britsker a little sooner. Maybe. I don't know. You know, that, that's what I would do if I was on the throne, but I'm not on the throne, so it's probably the wrong thing, but God will take care. God will take care of the, God's going to take care of those things. And the word, and, and folks, I've been, I've been saying this a lot and I'll say it again. The more I learn about the Bible and the more I just live life, the more I feel like I don't even believe these things by faith anymore. I just believe it by experience. You know, the Lord's going to take care of these people. I, we, I know that. And so I don't have to be bitter. I don't have to get down and depressed about it. Look what it says in Psalm 69 and verse 20. Psalm 69 and verse 20. Says, the battles that we face in this life, they will bring us down physically and mentally, but it's the promises of God that often pull us through these things. That's why it's so important that we know the Word of God, that you read the Bible, 
that you listen to the Word of God, that you listen to preaching. You want to learn as much of this as you can because it, it's, it's what's going to get you through these things. It says in verse 20, it says, Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. And I looked for some to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. You ever met anybody like that today? They're out there. Their heart is broken. They are heavy. They are depressed. They're just wanting someone to take... They're wanting comfort from somewhere. And the only people that they can find that are out there today offering any kind of relief are drug dealers in white coats. That's it. That's all. That's the only place where they can go to get any kind of relief is somebody who's just wanting to sell them a pill. And yet we have something that's free that actually could help them. But let's keep reading. It says... And, I, and some of this passage, these passages here are prophetic and they're about Jesus. This specifically is, it says, They gave me also gall for my meat. And in my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table become a snare before them. And that which have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened that they see not. And make their loins continually to shake. Pour out thy indignation upon them. And let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. Let their habitation be desolate. And let none dwell in their tents, for they persecute him whom thou hast smitten, and they have talked to the grief of those whom thou hast wounded, add iniquity unto their iniquity, and let them not come into thy righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me on high. I will praise the name of my God with the song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. And so notice these promises that we have in here. And, and this is neat, too, because this is a prophetic passage, too, about the crucifixion of Christ, who bore our sorrows, who bore our sin on that cross. He took care of all those things. And understand, much of the sorrow that we have in their life, much of the pain that we deal with spiritually, it's a result of the sins that we have done in our body. But yet Jesus Christ took care of those sins on the cross, didn't he? He bore those sins so you know what that tells me is that I don't have to suffer for those sins even on this earth if I can be supernaturally released. Now, obviously, once a person gets saved, they are clear to those sins. You're not going to go to hell for those things. But I also believe, I believe, though, that getting that healing, physically speaking, spiritually speaking afterwards, it is kind of a separate thing. And not everybody has that. Not everybody has it today. A lot of people today are still beating themselves up. Even saved people are still beating themselves up over sins from their past that are still haunting them, that are still harming them. You know what you need to do? You need to ask God for healing. You need to ask Him, and He can do that. He bore those sins for you on the cross. He can take. He He wants to give you healing in these areas. And just but understand, many people today their hearts are broken. They're, they they act the way they act, they live the way they act because they have a broken heart, but that's what Jesus came to heal. He came to heal the broken heart. He didn't come to do, you know, to clean the arteries, clogged arteries out of that blood pumping organ in the chest. Okay? That's not what he came to do. But he did come to heal that broken heart. What's actually bringing you down and making your life so difficult he, the, these spiritual things, that's what he came to do. And the Lord is drawn to those who need healing. Look what it says in Psalm 34, verses 17. Because isn't that what we see Jesus doing when he was on earth? 
He's going to these people. Now, many times they came to him, but sometimes he went to them. And even when they came to him, it was because he was out and about easily accessible for these people. But Jesus was, he was drawn to people like that, just like he was drawn to sinners. He was drawn to those publicans and harlots, people who needed healing and knew they needed healing. He was drawn to them more than the Pharisees who didn't need as much healing physically speak, or you know, who didn't need as much healing physically speaking, you could say, but were just not even interested in the spiritual. He wasn't drawn to them. He didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repent. Look what it says in Psalm 34, 17. It says, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. That's interesting too, because that's another prophetic passage about Jesus Christ on the cross. But we see it here in a passage where it's talking about how he's nigh unto them that are the broken heart. You know, what's that like? Okay, I guess if it would be kind of like if you had a body shop and fixed cars, you fix dents and things, scratches and things like that. If you were going to go put business cars on car windows, you're going to go do it on the ones that have dents and things in them. You know, you're going to, you're going to go looking for those people that uh, clearly need help because you're more likely to get their business than you are from the guy that's got a brand new car. Right? Now, eventually he might need it, but those are the ones that you're kind of drawn to because, hey, these people, they need the work. They're ready for it. You know, let, let's kind of go to them. And that's why, too, we often, when we go soul winning, we often try to focus on, you know, the rougher areas because these are where you're more likely to find the people that know that they need help, that know that they need a savior. When you go to these rich neighborhoods, a lot of times these people, they just feel like, oh, we got it all together. We don't need anything. And, you know, and so we do. We just naturally are drawn to those that have a broken heart. You know, a good doctor, you know, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to notice that person that's got some kind of sickness, that's got some kind of physical problem that he knows that he can help. That's the, that's the person that he's going to be drawn to. And God is, God is drawn to those who have that broken heart. And so, folks, if that's you today, if you have a broken heart, understand there's a, a Lord right there. There's a God who knows that he can fix it. But you got to let him do it. you got to have faith. You've got to believe. He's there. He's ready to do it. He's, it's, and a lot of times, too, it's almost like God will start doing things in people's life to just try to get their attention. Like, hey, I can help you. I can do something to make a difference in your life. I'm here for you. You've just got to believe me. You've got to trust me. And I'm afraid today many people are looking to everybody except for the Lord. Uh, I'd, I'd rather go to the doctor. I'd rather go to the drug dealer in the white coat with a PhD. That's what I'd rather go to. That, they're, they're missing out. The Lord wants to help you out. And what's destroying people today more than anything, it is not the physical. It's not so much disease, even though disease is real and it's bad. It, but what's the, destroying people, it's the spiritual. It's the mental. Jesus Christ has given us what we need to help people through these things. And we've got to learn to find the ingredients to spiritual healing that's needed in our lives. And it's not through some herbs and things, you know, and you know, some weird hocus pocus and stuff like that. That's not that's not where it's at. But it's in the Word of God. 
Hebrews 12.3 says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be wearied and faint in your own minds. I think this is interesting because this is a reference to Jesus on the cross who bore our sins. We see in Psalms when there's prophetic passages about Jesus Christ, it's in reference to him just you know healing the brokenhearted, things like that. And notice what it says. So it's telling us when you're going through tough times, consider him. Who endured such contradiction? Who went through all these things? Lest ye be weird and faint in your minds. Not in your body. In your minds. You, you want to know why people today... You, know, you want to know why people are out there today who can't run an obstacle course with two legs versus somebody who can with no legs? Because somewhere along the line, some people fainted in their minds. That, that's why. They didn't physically get stopped from running, exercising. Nothing physically stopped them. They got stopped mentally. That's why you know why most people quit when it comes to the things of God and the spiritual things. It's not because somebody ha- something happened physically. It's not because you were persecuted and kept physically. It's not because you went to prison for it. It's because you fainted in your mind. Is why. And he goes on to say, "Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin." Most of us in here have never bled because we refuse to sin. Some of, some of you might. Most of us haven't. You've never, you, we haven't resisted to that extreme yet, but yet we give in to sin all the time. Why? Because we fainted in our mind. That's why. And ye have forgotten, and, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. We see that many people today, you know, many Christians, after they get saved, they give up. Because they have sin in their life, God deals with them as children, and then all of a sudden they faint in their mind. They they act like they got the fire beat out of them when they didn't get the fire beat out of them. Anybody else, kids ever done that before? I mean, hey, it's kind of a blessing when they're little. Kelly's at the age where I mean, the littlest hint of a swat, as long as you use the right tone of voice, I mean, it just, it sends the message. I mean, she just. Pooches out, has a total meltdown, like she just got beat to death, after death. That's that's the way kids often act. You know, that's the way Christians often are too. The smallest things happen to us, and it gets us out of church. It gets us out of the will of God. You know why? Because we fainted in our mind. We acted like God just, I mean, ran us through the ringer. Like God just beat us half to death. Hey, you know what? Be thankful when God does that. That's how God deals with His children. You're a child of God. You know what? Toughen up. Quit crying. Isn't that way often tell your kids? Stop crying. You haven't even spanked yet. You're already crying? You know, what, what's going on? You know, the classic line, I'll give you something to cry about. Okay? What, what, what's going on? Hey, we're, we, we all still do that same stuff as adults, don't we? Spiritually, we do all these things. And so what we need to, what we need to learn to do as Christians, we can't let the, first off, we can't let the charismatics scare us away from that word healing. We can't let the charismatics scare us away from wanting miracles and asking for miracles. And I'm here today to tell you that I believe God wants to do miracles here. God wants this, God wants Liberty Baptist Church to be a place where people come and where they are healed. Where they are healed but again, we're not looking for a physical show. We're here to heal people spiritually, which I believe will help them physically. 
There's, there's no doubt about that uh, whatsoever. And I'm afraid we're not taking advantage of that as Christians. This is a power that God has given us. This is the power that is at our disposal that we are not taking advantage of. That that's, doesn't make sense. Especially when there's people walking around with just gaping open wounds. Those things need healed. And it's high time we start getting around to that. And I want to talk about that for the next few weeks. About how to get that spiritual healing and how to help, heal, how to help others in their healing. Because we desperately need that. So with that, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. We thank you for your word. And dear God, we do thank you for the healing that you give. And dear God, I know there's, I, there's no doubt in a building full of people like this, there are people right now that desperately need spiritual healing in their life. And dear God, I pray that over these next weeks, as we talk about these things, that you will help them uh, to come to you and to get healed of these things, Lord, and to be delivered. So there's, there's people right now that are locked up in prisons that need to be released. And I pray, dear God, that you will release them from these prisons. Help them. Help us to be a victorious church. Help us to be a church that truly is a place of liberty uh, where, we, where we help people find that. A liberty that can only be found in you. In your name we pray. Amen.